Hey, everybody, welcome back. It's Monday. God, there's a lot going on, Molly. What is on deck for today? It's almost becoming like a drinking game. Just like take a little yeah. take a little shot of muscle milk or something every time we say it's a big week, big news week. But it is. We're mm. uh, first up. We're actually going to talk about Tesla AI Day and the mm. the potential sort of hinge moment that we're at with the development of general AI and what it could mean for the future of humanity and all the startups that have yet to be born. Uh, and the SEC is charging Kim Kardashian with unlawfully promoting crypto tokens. She got a big That's speeding happening. ticket, but we'll talk about all the other SEC actions that are going on. And will this bleed over into the VCs, founders and boards and lawyers in tech startups? And then we wrap with a conversation that starts out heated and ends up in a great place about the Supreme Court announcing that they will hear two cases on Section 230. And we discover that all of these things have a common thread. They do, they do. And I, I really wonder if the algorithm is the big issue here and, and Molly unpacks it deftly. It's going to be a great episode and an important conversation. Definitely stick with us. This Week in Startups is brought to you by Notion is one place for notes, docs, projects, and everyday work that goes way beyond a wiki. Get started for free at Notion.com slash twist. Snack Magic and Swag Magic are global gifting platforms and the most stress-free and customizable way to delight employees or customers. Get 10% cash back up to $1,000 until October 15th with code HOLIDAY. And see more at SnackMagic.com slash twist. And... Odoo is a fully customizable and fully integrated suite of business apps that lets you build and scale your stack as you build and scale your business. Your first app is free forever, and right now, Odoo is offering $1,000 off your first implementation pack at odoo.com slash twist. That's O-D-O-O dot slash twist. All right, everybody. It is Monday. Eventful uh, week. And uh, last week and this week... A lot of stuff going on, Molly. <laughs> I was I woke up this morning with um this song called Odds Are by the Bare Naked Ladies in my head, which oh, yeah. is a deep cut. That's a deep pull mm. on my part. Okay. But I'm pretty sure that it was just my subconscious waking me up with like, it's okay, there's not gonna be a global financial collapse and a nuclear war in the same week, plus the Supreme oh. Court reconvening to take away more rights. Or is there? <laughs> Odds are no. Yeah. Odds I mean, are no. I, I suggest no Twitter week. That would be amazing. What if we took That's a whole week and, just, and we didn't yeah. look at Twitter? And I wonder what Jason just literally laughing. He's like, yeah, that's crazy. I can't do that. He's like, you no, I did. Look it. At this, I did, look did at this it. And I right produced here. a book in 11 languages. Exactly. <laughs> when I took three this months off from Twitter, week. I got my book done. Yeah. This is the week to write a book it's, and not look okay. at Twitter. It, there's a, yeah, the world Ooh, seems I, crazy, but you can actually break it down. And I, I actually feel pretty hopeful. I, you know, I, I, uh, I guess related to our first story on Friday, a, a friend of mine invited me. Um, uh, he had like an event for his company, this Tesla AI day. Mm -hmm. Now, in regards to other things with my friend, I just want to say, <laughs> you know me, I would no love comment. to be talking right now, <laughs> but I'm under basically like a gag order for legal reasons. So as much as I would love to talk, I am having to restrain myself. I can't believe you even want to tiptoe near no i can with this i, I kind of have no choice i mean i've got literally 50 press co you know contacting me a day uh friend you know friends are generally cool about it but I, you know on twitter everybody's just like hey what's going on these things and 
let's just leave it at this. I'll have a lot to say when the Twitter uh, acquisition trial is over. Mm -hmm. And I will say plenty at that point. But right now, anything I were to say, including right now saying I'm saying nothing, no, totally. is going to be handed back to me in a transcript yes. for me to comment on. And so this circular thing, and I haven't been involved in any kind of depositions or discovery literally since the last time it happened was 1995. So uh, just leave it to say I'm rot or die. I jump on a grande for you, Molly. We'll just leave it at that for now. Just leave it at that. But I will say, uh, on Friday, uh, I got to see um, Tesla AI Day. And um, this was amazing. Really, really amazing. Uh, it's a recruiting event. So if you're in AI, there, everybody knows you have like choices of places you can go to work. And some places you go to work, you might be working on AI to optimize ads. So more people click them. And other places you might optimize for self-driving technology or a robot. And I think pretty obvious choice, if you were gonna go work and like optimize ads, maybe not as interesting as uh, creating a robot or a self-driving car. But boy, I have the self-driving, full self-driving beta on my Tesla. Uh, mm -hmm. I was using it this weekend. And uh, it is really scary how good it's getting. Like it is really getting smart. And, uh, I, you know, I, I've met the team on the self-driving team. They watch this podcast, by the way. Um, and the, the, the Tesla AI team is like really next level. And so it was really great to see them do the work. But I had kind of a revelation, Molly, which I tweeted about this morning since I got up at 4.30. Yeah. I worked which, out a whole bunch this weekend. Let's go back to that. Oh, yeah. it gives you so much energy. Well, here's what happened. I, mm -hmm. I did tennis and I did my normal workouts. And so I had this like very active weekend and my body was super tired last night, Sunday. And I never fall asleep before 1 a.m. I'm up till 12, 1 a.m. As people know, they get my tweets. They, you know, it's pretty easy to see that I'm a night out. Mm -hmm. Anyway, I, I, I lay down and I was like, uh, you know, asking the wife, like, hey, you want to watch House of the Dragon, the dragon? And she was stoked to watch <laughs> it. And then she came, I fell asleep <laughs> at like 10 o'clock. <laughs> so of course, I only need six hours of sleep maybe seven I try for I wake up at 430 again, like C3PO just sit up like boop. Okay, what's going on? I thought maybe something was wrong. And I was like, Oh, I didn't watch House of the Dragon. So now I'm up at 430. And I uh, got a lot of work done this morning. But I, I, I was thinking about AI. And uh, I was thinking about the profound impact. So I'm gonna take this is a little bit of a thesis I have right now. I'm just gonna okay. unpack it mm -hmm. here. And it yeah. came a little bit from what I saw Friday. But then a bunch of what we've been talking about. Okay, so I'm watching Elon uh, and his team show the robot. Now, of course, people are like, oh my God, that robot's not as good as Boston Dynamics. Oh my God, that robot, you know, uh, they had to roll out the 2.0, yada, yada. Uh, oh, it's it's a stuttering step. They, people don't understand exactly how deep the AI is going there. They're, they're doing such deep work in AI that they're making their own server farms that can process large corpus, uh, such a large corpus of all the driving data. What I wanna talk about here is what we saw with Dolly what we saw, we, is it GP3? GPT3. Okay. GP3 so, is Gary Payton. <laughs> yes. So anyway, <laughs> what we saw AI do at OpenAI with text and with Dolly, and then we mm -hmm. just saw with video with Facebook's AI team, and that we saw with DeepMind at Google doing chess, uh, video games, and then Go and poker. Uh, what we're seeing is each of the vertical AIs getting uh, to a point just in the last couple of years, and it seems like the pace of this is increasing, does it not, Molly? 
Oh, 100%. I mean, we just talked about this last week that it's yes. we're, we're at a sort of a, it feels like a generational inflection point with AI. Correct. And mm-hmm. so this reminds me a lot of what happened with broadband uh, and the internet, having witnessed that. Mm-hmm. It was slow, 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 slow. And then all of a sudden, everybody got broadband. All of a sudden, uh, cloud computing happened. Mm-hmm. And then we saw Web 2.0, and people could build things very quickly. And, and then the number of- got super fast too. And, mobile, and then mobile broadband. So this broadband, thank you uh, for punching it up. This broadband history combined with mobile phones, processors, and cloud computing, this whole thing came together to make just so many experiments. And experiments is what we call startups. So mm-hmm. if you're listening to this, keep that in mind when I say experiments. And that changed the world. The internet has on a technological basis, I don't think there's any technology or anybody would disagree with this, that that has had the most profound effect on humanity, just the internet. Mm -hmm. Well, now I'm watching AI. And the progress to me reminds me of what happened when we tipped over to broadband cloud computing and mobile when those things happened, all of a sudden, whoop, and that's what's happening with the tools uh, in AI, theoretically, AI should be able to take a bunch of inputs and give an answer. And then we don't know exactly what happened in that neural net machine learning. But what's happening right now as a stepping stone to that point is what they call narrow AI is toppling each of these cities, art, words, Mm -hmm. driving, poker, games of skill, chess, games of chance, poker, games, uh, you know, strategy. So we're starting to watch each of these cities crumble. And I get the sense that this next couple of years is going to be when it all, you know, sort of tumbles over. And movement, which all things on the planet do, right? Mm -hmm. We move as humans, we walk, we get in cars, planes, the planet is moving, everything's moving. Mass is moving, but moving is super complicated when you think about it as a task, just like chess is complicated but it's not as complicated as moving right it's not as complicated as the literal hand picking up the piece okay incredible for incredible punch up molly thank you so here we go (laughs) uh you're here for a reason i mean you have great (laughs) insights here um not just a pretty face folks some (laughs) substance here (laughs) both of us i know it's tough when you tune in and you see two charming blondes i know they're so you know you're like there is some substance here yeah and so what what I think is happening is watching his team talk about each of those components, and they're building models to test scenarios, they're trying to figure out the world depth, height, all of these things. And each one of those is taking years for teams to topple. But as they topple each one, each subsequent one gets easier. Just like when you put a bunch of cloud computing stuff in and you build the uh, tools to publish to the cloud, it gets easier, easier, easier. And a startup being launched today, cost a hundredth or maybe a thousandth of what it would cost in terms of engineering hours than it did in 1995. Mm -hmm. That's happening big time in AI and machine learning. And so I think we're on the cusp of something very big that uh, like you talked about bankruptcy happens slowly and then all at once. Yeah, gradually and then suddenly. It's Mm -hmm. gradually and then suddenly is what's happening right now. And it feels like this is going to be a, a more profound, this could be as or more profound, I suspect more profound than the difference between not having the internet and having the internet. Listen, if you're a startup, you need to sign up for Notion right now. I want you to head to notion.com slash twist 
and sign up for free. At launch, we run our entire organization inside of Notion. Now, Notion is an all-in-one team collaboration tool. You can think of it like note-taking, document sharing, like a spreadsheet, a database, a wiki, all of those things put together, but with communication and teams built into it. It is a gorgeous product and the design is stunning. It's easy to learn how to use, but once you learn it, you start uncovering all these incredible features. Now, we were looking at CRM systems and I looked at a lot of them and I wanted to have like a CRM for all the companies we meet. And it turned out we built our own DealFlow CRM inside of Notion. I was able to do all this and build it in six weeks. I had looked at other solutions. It would have cost me 250K to build it as custom software, which I was going to do. I was willing to bite the bullet and spend a quarter million on it. And instead, I did it in six weeks with my team, without developers, no code inside of Notion. And listen, not all work collaboration tools are created equal. Some help you organize your company's information. Others allow you to manage projects together. Notion does both. It's one tool for your whole team to do it all. And it's so beautifully designed, everyone will want to use it. Learn more and get started for free right now at Notion.com. Take the first step toward an organized, happy team today. Go to Notion.com to get started today. Yeah, I, this that is... That um, these are These are the moments when I am so delighted not to be a journalist and excited to be an investor because... This is a, a wide open lens to apply to this topic, as opposed to the narrow lens of, I thought it should look like this by now. This guy can do this and that did this and that, right? Like when you get to imply, apply this, and, and listen, I wish more journalists could. When you get to apply this big, huge, wide lens, what is this? What moment are we in and what could it mean? Then an entire universe of possibilities opens up to you. You start to say, okay, what does the world look like? And what are the businesses that can be born and the products that can be built when the cost of creation goes to zero? Do I, do, when, I when we talk about wanting to, to back technical founders, what do we even mean anymore? Do they have to know how to code? Because I'm pretty sure a machine's going to be able to do that, right? So like, what do do they actually just need to know how to harness? <laughs> you know, I mean, uh, granted, I sort of wish you'd stop talking about cities tumbling. That metaphor uh, yeah. is a little like on the nose. When I, um, yeah, I mean, it's possible. We should be deploying this with, a, 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 you know, a lot of thoughtfulness, obviously. Yes, um, for sure. And I think Which that Elon was... himself has noted. Well, yeah, I mean, it used to be the biggest threat to humanity. And now it's like, no, nah, no, nah, we'll just put it in a robot. Like, oh, okay. Well, I mean, and the great news is that he said this over and over is if you look at the corporate structure, there are corporate structures in the world where you have God kings, New York Times, Facebook are the top two examples. You could buy as many shares as you want in both of those companies, and you will have zero impact on the companies, because they have super voting shares. You can't change anything about the New York Times as an activist investor or Facebook, you can have the most moderate impact on both those companies. Google, they have some super shares too, but that's waning a little bit. But Tesla has no super shares, you could literally buy the shares and vote out Elon or anybody. And so I think looking at corporate governance of who figures this out is going to be also critically important, which which I corporate think, entity? Uh, uh, yeah, okay, yeah, this is our red line. Okay, good. 
but there is no universe in which he can credibly talk about God Kings. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm well, sorry. No, I am. He's not no. talking about that. I am. Yeah. Okay, good. I'm like, what did it, Bubba? He is operating as a sovereign near as we can tell in this world right now. And so like, mm-hmm. Capital I mean, he's got competition. Yeah. Yep. No, uh-huh. no, there's no corporate governance. He could literally be voted out of Tesla. Very uh-huh. easily. Sure. There's no superstructure there. I know. Right? If he doesn't what perform happen. Yeah. And then there's what will or would would anyway, separate topic. Yeah. Um, but I, but it's, I yeah. it's an it is it is really important to have a lot of faith. Let me just put this as generally as I can. It is yeah. really important to have a lot of faith in the people who are building this and for there to be a lot of guidelines. Well, yeah, and that Elon did talk about that. He thinks there should be people in government that are actually there should be some sort of AI uh, governing body, which makes sense. There I mean, we have a governing be. body yeah. for you know food and drugs. We have a governing body for marketing and communications (FTC). We have a governing body for securities and finance (SEC). How do we not have one for AI and algorithms? And this will come Absolutely. up later in the show as well. And then now imagine, if you will, after my brief regression into journalism brain, I like the balance. Um, now imagine, if you will, uh, a world where AI can do all that it is right on the cusp of being able to do combined with, uh, I think one of the notes just pointed this out, actually, free energy, unlimited energy, yeah. right? Like the whether that comes from massive deployment of the cheapest electrons on the planet right now solar or in in 40 or 50 years fusion and in 40 or 50 years really is still a blink of an eye when it comes to that to the timelines right of the planet so like it starts to get a little incredible it's, in terms of it's what hard you can for imagine. the mind to conceive of this level of abundance. And so the mm-hmm. abundance we're talking about is it was unbelievable for people to consider the abundance of having more food than you could possibly eat, right? Totally. There was a period yeah. of time when, uh, you know, regularly millions of people, tens of millions of people would die of famine. Uh, so much so that like, when we we saw famines occur in the 80s and 90s, it was something where the world said, why is this occurring? This doesn't make any sense. There's so much food around. And we're so good at producing food. This makes no sense. And we had farm aid, we had live aid, we had, we are the world, we, we had just all these cause celebs and, and, you know, Manhattan level projects where we said, yeah, wait, this doesn't make sense to us. We, we did this project for the dwarf weed in the in the 60s, 50s, 60s, you can look that up. We figured out how to maximize per hectare acre, how much calories, wait, why are there people starving? Oh, wait, we just can't get mm-hmm. the food to them. Oh, okay, there's government issues. Okay, there's supply chain issues. Let's just fix that. And then the idea of people starving is like very crazy to even think of. Uh, or a drought killing people. It's right? much more rare. Yeah, yeah. It's incredibly more have rare. have yeah. Ezra Klein or Derek Thompson on or both. We had Derek on from the Atlantic. Remember, he was talking about yeah. kids in depression. They're writing a book about abundance right now, an abundance agenda. Yeah, and so because we you, are entering that phase as much as we can think about scarcity and this and that and the, the the supply chains and stuff you can't get. Like if we, it actually goes back to what I was just starting to say about journalism. Like if you change the mindset toward thinking about what you can do can do with abundance. Oh my God, it's so much a more fun place to live. It is a much more world positive place to live. Now, if you think about the fact that. We have more calories as humans that we could ever consume. Uh, we have unlimited f- 
free drinking water. We have unlimited energy almost. A lot of these things are just execution or regulation or, right. you know, dictators are blocking them. Yeah, distribution. Mm -hmm. There's different people blocking different progress in the world. But the fact is, we should have at this point already have unlimited energy because of nuclear and solar. We just have not right. executed particularly well on those two verticals we would have it already. And if we had those two, we'd have unlimited water. If you have unlimited water and energy, theoretically, you have unlimited food, we already have unlimited calories, essentially almost free mm -hmm. calories. This would just take it to another level. If you had yep. unlimited work, there's really hard to understand what could happen, right? Like if you had a million people who could go do something for 24 hours a day, what would that do? Just send a million people anywhere in the world to do something for 24 hours a day. Okay, we got a flood in Florida. Okay, mm -hmm. you have a million people go down there who can work 24 hours a day and don't need sleep. And they could clean it up. Yeah. And they could rebuild houses and they could clog unclog drains and, you know, shovel, you know, mud, whatever it is. Well, mm -hmm. It seems crazy, but that's where we're going to be. Now, are mm -hmm. we there in 10 years or 20 or 30 years? I have a feeling we're going to get there quicker than people anticipated. I think we are. And we should not, by the way, overstate. You cannot overstate how hard this is. Like back to your original point about motion and movement. Like years ago, I was lucky enough, not even that many years ago, I was lucky enough to visit uh, X. Where oh, Google's lab, Sergey's lab. Yeah, exactly. The Moonshot lab. Where I think I just wasn't allowed to photograph them. I think I can talk about this. Yeah. I mean, they've spent like a decade just working on a hand, just yes. working on robotic yep. hands. Just the hand yep. is so complicated. I mean, there are yes. however many muscles in yep. the human hand. And right. so the ability to get the hand to move and also apply the right amount of pressure to a thing is a decade long task. Yeah, now, it's pretty amazing. Like it's crazy. For sure, for sure. And, and if you look at vertical, again, vertical applications, just narrow applications. I'm not even saying narrow AI here. I'm just saying narrow applications. If you've ever been to, uh, you know, a robotic factory, mm -hmm. um, which Tesla has built a number of, they already have robots in there doing very tight, narrow right. things. Pick this totally. up, move it over here. Pick this up, put it over here, paint this, spin it over, turn it over, you know, put these bolts on. So this is happening in all kinds of factories all around the world already. And in fact, Cafe X, which is almost up to a million dollars a year revenue rate for two machines inside of SFO. I mean, I can't believe this company wow. made it through all of the hor uh, hardship that it's been through. But I mean, I believe Cafe X could change the world still even after this, you know, pandemic and everything because they're able to serve hundreds of cups of coffee and they could do 1000s. Uh, mm -hmm. Once people get used to ordering from the machine, I think that's like the biggest hurdle now is people saying like, I'm going to try the coffee from the machine without a human 24 hours a day, and it takes about half an hour to restock the machine and wipe it down, clean it and just make sure everything's functioning. So uh, and then yeah, we invest in those who don't know is the robotic coffee bar. Yeah. Which and we could we should pull up to the two videos awesome. of both of these the videos. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But we'll pull up the root AI one as well. Um, you know, this is a company we invested in, they got bought by app harvest, and we invested in this four years ago, three or four years ago, I believe. And you know, this is again, a very narrow application, but computer vision, and this is a, a type of hand that's made specifically mm -hmm. for this purpose, that can literally pull a strawberry or cherry tomato off of a vine without crushing it. Yep. So you have, you know, from MIT to plenty other places, the ability uh, to build these kind, this kind of hand technology, and, and there's just so many different people working on it. 
that the idea that we would send people into a field to pick strawberries in the hot sun, breaking their backs, making them cross the border to go do this in another country is going to seem insane to our children's yeah. children. It's not yeah. going to exist as a thing. The, the concept of people going into a field to work a field is just going to seem crazy in 10 years or 20 years. It's already starting to the idea that you would, you know, get an ox and, you know, you know, uh, start, start pulling right. wheat as out opposed of the to an autonomous tractor, autonomous tractor, right? Yeah, and the exactly. tractors will be autonomous soon. All right, I want you to beat the holiday rush this year with snack magic and its newest partner in crime swag magic snack magic and swag magic are global gifting platforms it's a stress-free and customizable way for you to delight your employees or your customers they use software to help recipients build their own snack or swag stash and all you need is a recipient's email you don't need their shipping address right because that's always a little bit creepy people are like oh i want to send you something jcal and i'm like ah, i can't send it to our office because we don't have one anymore I don't want to give my home address and have that out there. You understand. Snack Magic is going to help you stand out from the crowd this holiday season because gifties can choose from thousands of amazing snacks, drinks, office supplies, and now branded swag options. So you can delight your hardworking employees or all those partners who are spending money with you, right? And in fact, we've used Snack Magic with our employees and we're going to use Swag Magic this year for the holiday season. Just to say thank you to folks, whether you want to delight one person or a thousand, Snack Magic makes it easy. All you need is their email address. Get 10% cash back up to $1,000 until October 15th. They want you to get ahead and they want you to use the code HOLIDAY. It would be so nice. See more at snackmagic.com slash twist. Get on this early. You want to get those holiday gifts out early so people can enjoy them. Snackmagic.com slash twist. So this is just in the narrow programmed case, let alone when we start getting into AI where you know, the, the concept of general AI, you, you get you just tell the the robot, you tell the the AI, here's the outcome I want, I want you to win the chess game, I want you to win this video game, and then it just has to figure it out. I want you to pick the strawberries, not crush them, it's got to figure it out. Well, there's going to be a bunch of precursors to that. And it will be an emergent moment when that happens. And I think what we saw, you know, from the Facebook, Google, DeepMind, uh, and Tesla and what they're doing, like all of this stuff is the precursors to that emergent behavior. Now, will it be general AI? Or will it just be the culmination of so many cities falling, you know, each one subsequently? And then it's like, well, the AI has already Stop figured out chess obstacles, obstacles falling. Okay, whatever. I mean, okay, <clears throat> we figured out how to make cups of coffee. Hurdles being now overcome. we're gonna <laughs> yeah, hurdles being <laughs> overcome. But you know, right now, when we watch cafe x make this cup of coffee here, you know, that's yep. not using AI. This is, you know, right. a, a very narrow application of robotics, much like a factory, where you program it, this is where these things are, this is where these things are, and, and you're using clever app harvest, by the way, like to be on the hand front, same with app yep. harvest, right? It's like just use this amount of pressure that works for strawberries and tomatoes, it Correct. can't just flip over and all of a sudden be like, Oh, I can do something even softer. Like right. Or you just egg. said it's like just it's just that amount of pressure. It's not. Yeah. If you uh, told it pick those things adaptable, you know, mm -hmm. if you took a, an apple after it picked the strawberries and just said now pick these, but only pick the ones that look like this, the red ones, not the green ones. Exactly. So if it's this person, these five you can pick these five you shouldn't pick. And then it had to go pick it. But okay, 
well, apples have a different firmness and they're a different right. size and it could just figure it out. Oh, and they're different height trees and, and you know, navigating the ground is different than in a factory, uh, uh, um, a factory farm, you know, you're out in an orchard. Mm -hmm. That's the difference. And so mm -hmm. we're, we're well on our way now. Uh, and it is, it is going to happen. Also three little words, UBI. Universal we'll figure all that basic out. income. We will figure it out, but it also needs to be said over and over. The, yeah, I mean, this is the for the for those of us who are investing in these companies, building them, participating in this versus the people who are just consuming or reading newspapers and journalists who are on the outside, or, you know, half, you know, have 10% knowledge of all this, like what's going to happen is we're going to be in a situation like we are in food. This is what I believe will happen with food today. The issue is not do people in America or in the West have food? The issue is, are they accessing healthy food? Mm -hmm. Or are they making bad food choices? And how do they make better food choices? And it's like, well, this food takes three minutes and costs $3. And this food costs $3, but takes 30 minutes to prepare. Okay, yeah, you know, like, we, we, it's just an education problem, right? I mean, even I had the education problem of what I should be putting in my body. And, and I think that's where we're going to get to, which is I think everybody's going to be able to have one of these robots working for them. And then it's like, oh, okay, I own a robot. I live on a farm. It makes me all my food. It makes my bed. I have nothing to do all day. How am, how am I productive in society? That's where it's going to be like purpose, right? Yeah. And young people aren't dying from cars. So young people are dying of now young people are dying of suicide and overdoses and mm -hmm. overdoses that are kind of overlapping with suicide, you know, reckless behavior right. that, right. you know, some psychologists might say overlaps with that, like you're, I don't want to say possibly related to purpose and abundance. Anyway, I'm not trying to be a journalist. There's right. It's all it's like a complicated. Well, no, it, you could be it, it is related to purpose. No, and it abundance, definitely right? is. Yeah, yeah, it definitely my is. parents so are rich. It becomes this like you I don't, don't need to work. Yeah. You know, when I bring up these like social side effects mm -hmm. that have to be considered that aren't that are that aren't necessarily like for us as investors, we could be like, that'll get figured out. And we don't have to worry about it. And on some level, that's true, unless and until it becomes the blocker for the technology. And it can and will, right? It's like if you don't if you don't solve those problems simultaneously, you get problems that end up being blockers for the business and the technology. Yeah. Like you I, you can address the social impact after the fact, but democracy will already have been broken. <laughs> right? Like it's, it's, people were it's, wanting these are complex the impact of disinformation yeah. or targeted advertising and it's like how do we take a worst yeah. case scenario approach? To what we're building like okay well, what happens if this goes horribly unintended wrong? consequences is definitely something to consider and like social networks didn't take it in take it serious enough right right I mean, I guess and they can be all be like they example. can at least be anticipated there can be scenario planning that anticipates unintended consequences they don't have to be unforeseen there'll be, there'll be there'll be some that are anticipating some that won't right and you, yeah, yeah i exactly. think you need to react to both like yeah you know did we think that i mean i don't know that i thought you know people would make decisions that were not based on their own self-interest because of things trending on social, like I never thought that would happen. Yeah, that they would make decisions that were literally against their own best interest. But here we are in regards I never to thought for a second yeah. that when people were like, buy all of this crypto at whatever price I tell you to that that could go horribly There's wrong. Who saw that? coming? <laughs> all right, well, before we make that jump, that's a good jump. Um, just to, just for people who are like, uh, dunking on the robot and playing this video, let's we'll play this 39 second video, no audio, we'll just talk over it. But yeah, they were showing the Optimus and mm -hmm. the, so the Optimus the is the one that's the not coming out, right? This is the 2.0. I think... Or not coming out now. 
the one they're showing is there's they, they show two versions. One is they're I think they're both be called Optimus or whatever. But uh, this Tesla robot, they showed one that was using pulleys and joints and, and hardware that was not made by Tesla and then one that was making hardware by Tesla. So there's been a lot of these this hardware that's available that you can buy, obviously, you know, Cafe X doesn't make the robot arm. Uh, in the case of Rude AI, mm -hmm. they made the hand but not the arm, I think. So they're making it from the bottom up for a purpose to work in the factories. And when you dog food something, this is another important lesson for founders, when you're dog fooding the product for yourself, the chances of it hitting the note and actually solving a problem becomes much higher. Why? Well, because you need the product and you know exactly what you want so you can define the spec. So the spec for this robot is work in a factory, uh, doing dangerous stuff that's repetitive and hard and heavy lifting. And uh, don't break the cars when you do it. And, you know, don't hurt the humans working around you. So that narrow uh, focus, I think is going to make this very successful. And, and I was watching people people dunk on it. Uh, you know, it's always going to be critics, um, who've done nothing in their lives, um, but complain, but uh, typically, the same critics, I remember from the roadster days, and they were yeah. like, well, that's just a Lotus Elise with a battery in it. And it was like, yeah, but it has a battery in it. And it right. has a motor that's not burning fuel and it doesn't have oil. And they're like, yeah, but it's, it's basically like a glorified Lotus. And I was like, well, that's like the negative, the most negative framing you could come out of, right? And so the negative framing here was, oh, not as good as a Boston Dynamics, or it doesn't do this, or, you know, it's not ready. And it's like, I would be very careful judging the company Tesla, and I'm not a shareholder, I'd be very careful underestimating what they're capable of given what they did and the resources they have now they have a different level of resources than they had then and look what they did then they literally destroyed the entire car industry and became the number one car in any sector where they were selling you know a, comp a competitive vehicle for something completely different and they did it like in most countries so I would be very careful because they have more resources now. And they're making it for themselves. So I don't think you're going to have this in your house like anytime soon. But I do think you're going to go to a Tesla factory in two years and see a lot of these doing actually meaningful work. Now, <laughs> I think it's time for the segment. <laughs> Listen, if you're a founder or an employee at a startup, it's critical that you become capital efficient at this time. Fundraising is tough right now and cutting your burn is really important. And one great way to cut costs is to run all of your SaaS apps on one platform. And that one platform, Odoo. Odoo is the only software your company will ever need. Using Odoo's suite of business apps means you don't have a bunch of messy SaaS subscriptions. No, everything you need is already on Odoo. All you have to do is turn it on when you're ready and they'll only charge you for the apps that you use. Odoo has over 40 main apps, and 16,000 from their open source community. Sales, accounting, marketing automation, HR, website builders, and so, so much more. And this will streamline your business. No more issues with transferring data back and forth. Nope. And you'll have one customer support contact across all your apps, not 20. And you're going to get more done in less time while saving a ton of money. And here's the best part. The first app is always free. And Odoo is offering $1,000 in credit on your first implementation pack. So go to odoo.com slash twist for $1,000 off. That's odoo.com slash twist. And now another Speaking story no about scapegoating the extremely visible, very flashy, flashy human, <laughs> mm -hmm. Here we which go. may be 
Yeah. Okay. So huge news all over the internet because even Gary Gensler knows that if you put Kim Kardashian in your headline, everybody going to click it. Today, uh, we got news that the SEC is charging Kim K for, quote, unlawfully touting a Mm -hmm. crypto security on her Instagram. Earlier this morning, the SEC said that Kim violated its rules when she posted about Ethereum Max's Emacs coin without disclosing that she was paid to promote it. So she didn't include, uh, because there's the FTC has a rule that you have to include a hashtag ad if you're being paid to promote something online. This is rarely enforced. It is a case. It's not enforced. I don't enforced. think. Yeah, yeah. I think maybe there are like one or two cases ever previously of it being enforced, but it turns That's out the that- the FTC, but okay, Gary Gensler is with right, the exactly. SEC. Right, exactly. So- It turns out that the SEC thinks that that disclosure is even more important when you're talking about tokens, which Mm -hmm. it is increasingly and now quite definitively saying are securities. Here's SEC Chair Gary Gensler on CNBC this morning talking about the charge in actually quite simple terms. It's 55 seconds. Congress passed a law many decades ago called the Securities Act, and it was to protect the public. And part of that law said that if you tout a stock, you need to disclose not only that you're getting paid, but also the amount, so the source and the nature of those payments. And this law was passed in the 1930s. We've brought these types of cases over the the decades, but even in the last five years with regard to crypto, it's really important that the public understand if somebody is touting a crypto security token, are they getting paid and how much are they getting paid? And we brought a case a number of years ago, I think four, four years ago, against Floyd uh, Mayweather, against uh, DJ uh, Khalid, uh, Steve Seagal, uh, an actor, uh, and others over the years. I like the fact that he has to say DJ Steve Seagal. Khalid. I know, poor An actor. <laughs> poor just Steve because <laughs> most of you have no idea who Steve Seagal is. You should have just said, he's a bad actor <laughs> from the 80s. DJ you haven't seen him unless Khalid. you watch Khalid. I mean, I'm just dead. Um, DJ Khalid. Kim is not the first. I remember the Floyd Mayweather one, right? So I they, remember this, that one. Yep. Yeah. I mean, there have so, been crypto-related enforcements. Right. Definitely. And then here's where Gary Gensler gets quite specific on this topic of securities. This is 48 seconds. Does that make the case more firm that the SEC would then be the place where these are all regulated? Our agency is an agency that oversees this basic bargain. When a group of entrepreneurs is raising money from the public and the public's anticipating a profit, they need disclosure full fair and truthful disclosure. And that's the core bargain in our capital markets. You get to take the risk, but the person raising money or the persons raising money has to disclose various information to you. That seems how our capital markets work best. The SEC is very good at this. And that's what we do. And the case law is clear on this. The law is clear. I believe, based on the facts and circumstances, most of these tokens are securities. Yeah, so there's two things going on here. Most of these tokens are securities. That was a big... That was a bombshell. That was a a big earthquake today, and a lot of people... Well, by the way, Gary Gensler talked about this back in September of this year. 
He was at the Senate Bank Committee hearing. Gensler alluded to the fact that Coinbase might have dozens of securities on its platform. This created a lot of brouhaha. A lot of lawyers started sending memos to their clients, and I, I got wind of it. But basically, he's observing that Coinbase did not have a license to operate as a stock exchange. Quote, even though they have dozens of tokens that might be securities. So the saber rattling from the SEC and Gary Gensler has been frequent and specific. The reason he's mentioning that is because you keep bringing up the FTC rules about ads. We all know about that, right? Like it's pretty much common knowledge. I, what we learned today is, in addition to that, there was an SEC mandate. Um, we don't know the act, but I'm trying to find the specific act because you heard him mention it, that if you are a influencer or you're if you're promoting a stock, not only do you have to put ads, you have to put how much you were paid. This is something I was not aware of that clause until today, it, that you had to that? disclose how much you made. So she not had to put ads, she had to put how much she was paid somewhere in the disclosures. So if you are doing some promotion, now this makes me wonder, mm, where is this anti, law? Where is this act? I'm trying to find it. I asked our producers to go try and find it. touting provision of federal okay. security law. Anti-touting. Anti-touting. T-O-U-T-I-N-G. Touting. Let's see here. All right. Okay, let's I got see. it. The so, anti-touting, right. Got and they it. have All filed right. other. So it basically says if you're going to promote this, you have to disclose all of the things that you just said. What's interesting about this, I think, and Gensler. So uh, there's go there is a lot of focus on Kim K here. And a lot of discussion of does this fine, is it material to Kim K and why her and anybody else? The only question I think is relevant here is why her and not anybody else? Because I think actually it is a huge shot across the bow of the anybody else well. who's been touting. Like there have been a lot of tweets to the effect of like there are a lot of VCs shaking in their boots today. Okay. So she's so the not the first. Is what determines touting? Yes. So this is this is the piece that I think a lot of people were not aware of. Because um, Kim wanted to probably do the right thing, right? She put ads in it. So if she had known about the touting law, then she would have probably followed it. Right? Yeah, you would think? presumably, yeah. If she had put hashtag ad on there, then she was obviously aware that's of That's my right. point. Well, well exactly. and nobody knew, nobody knows if these things are freaking securities or not. Now he's coming out after the fact and we find you at $1.2 yeah. million because they're all securities. Like, yeah, thanks for the heads up, bro. Well, I think a lot of the people on the crypto side knew they were securities because their lawyers told them they were. They told them they were in a gray zone and they came up with all these Fugazi, Fakaka, insane interpretations and Fakakta, dang ridiculous it was ridiculous ridiculous what a lot of these attorneys and law firms did and a lot of entrepreneurs did what's called law firm shopping partner shopping you basically find a law firm that says like we'll be okay with this in this context we'll tell you what you want to hear right so there are crypto law firms that will advise startups to go one direction there are crypto there are non-crypto law firms would be like i don't want to be involved in this and there's everything in between and so the companies knew it their attorneys knew it they knew that what they were doing was really uh at best gray but they knew it was probably illegal and they tried to come up with every spin of why these weren't securities 
and they knew they were. And the same is true for the VC firms. Because the VC firms were investing in tokens mm -hmm. to get a return for their LPs. Mm -hmm. So they knew that these tokens did not pass the sniff test or the literal test of not being securities. So there are right. VCs who bought a bunch of tokens. I think they knew what that and knowing these VCs, they're the most savvy, financially literate people in the world. I think they suspended disbelief out of greed. I think that these uh, celebrities suspended disbelief out of greed. They would have never bought these tokens with their own money. DJ Khaled, Steven Seagal, if he's got any money left. Any of these people, Floyd Mayweather, are grifters. And grifters going to grift. And they just thought this is like me putting out some diet pills or whatever. And they thought they would get away with it. And they wanted to secure a quick bag. She got paid 250,000. Her fans, if they were stupid enough to buy this stuff, knowing Kim Kardashian has zero credibility in crypto, just like this crypto people have zero credibility in the businesses she's in, they knew what they were doing too. Everybody's but guilty. It, and I guess the They're question is, but I guess the question is, is Kim K going to be the Martha Stewart here? And she's the only one that goes down for this thing that everybody's doing? She or didn't does go this herald? Okay, you see what I'm saying? Is she going to be the only one who gets a $1.2 million fine? Or is Gary Gensler signaling? And this is the question that's all over the internet today is, is the SEC signaling that it's coming for all y'all who have been promoted because the, the SEC hat, you know, took an action. This is just like a random thing I found from mm -hmm. 2021 settled charges against the operator of coinschedule.com, a once popular website that profiled offerings of ICOs. Remember those back in the day, initial coin yep. offerings for another and giant scam with unlawfully touting digital asset securities. How yep. many, if you really were like, okay, we're going scorched earth on anti-touting, mm -hmm. then it seems to me a lot of people are in these crosshairs. More so when you than do enforcement, celebrities. You know, having listened to Preet Bharara's uh, podcast for the last couple of years, uh, Joyce Vance and Preet Bharara often talk about how part of enforcement is to dissuade other people from doing these crimes. Mm -hmm. Now, putting aside Martha Stewart, uh, which did seem like maybe they were uh, a little over aggressive there, they've been pretty consistent here. Seagal, Steven Seagal, agreed to pay back the 157, they've which been he consistent got. consistent on celebrities. The question right. is- Hold, hold on, hold okay, on. sorry. Mm -hmm. I'll get there, I'll get there. Okay. I, I, know you, I, know, I, I know where you're going. So you're right. I like Walk it. us there. Walk us there. I don't need Hold to run. <laughs> no, it's all right. So, but he also got a pre uh, a pre judgment interest and a hundred fifty seven thousand dollar penalty. So I don't think Kim Kardashian is being treated any differently than Steven Segal, other than she got paid more and she's higher profile. So it's nobody even suspects that Steven Segal would do anything on the up and up. If you've seen any of his <laughs> last twenty movies, you know you got scammed by the guy. Oh, he's running bless. scams. His very existence is a scam. Have you seen yeah. some of these movies? I mean, the guy <laughs> is like 300 pounds. He, he can barely move and he's flipping like five guys who are in perfect shape or in their 30s. And he's wearing like, anyway, it's an embarrassment to martial arts. Putting that aside, I do think your point is correct. They are going after these people because they want to stop this because this is where harm directly connects with the public. So let's stop that promotion. Ain't nobody gonna be hiring celebrities to, to sell some shit coins now. Oh, sorry, mm -hmm. some ish coins. So what happens next? I think you're right. I think it goes to the CEOs of these companies, the boards of these companies, the attorneys of these companies, and 
your point, Molly, the investors in these companies. Bum, that's bum, that's the, these are all going to happen. And yeah. if you're on the board of one of these companies, if you're an investor in one of these companies, and you didn't ask the right questions, and you approved certain transactions, you may be involved in a lawsuit for the next five years, or you may have to pay a penalty or the company may need to pay, be a penalty. I mean, you better have great insurance for your board, director's insurance, it's called. Uh, shout out to a broker. I was um, going to say that. Broker.com. Use the promo code to a broker.com. Anyway, make sure you have good insurance, folks. Especially <laughs> if you're going to, and I don't even know if like uh, insurance companies are giving insurance to crypto companies. What? I mean, that would be. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. But anyway, this is not good for crypto. I'll leave it at that. I think that's that's like I don't even want to get into the Kim K part of this, right? Because everybody's like, it's not that much money, and da 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 da. And okay, no, she didn't what's go. What's a speeding down. ticket? It's a speeding ticket for her. It's a big speeding a, ticket, though. But that's got a sting. <laughs> earthquake for the industry. I'd say potentially, right? It could be. It, the, so no, my no. question is: Is it contained, it is. or is it actually the earthquake? No, no, no. If so, it, like, where, where, this is, is like, da, da, da. we've moved from contained to contagion. This is a right. contagion now. Gary Genser yes. is going after everybody. Southern District of New York, uh, you know, San Francisco FBI. I mean, insider trading, open sea, front running the market. I don't know how many ways these agencies need to tell you these are securities and that y'all need to stop with the shenanigans yeah. and the made up ish bullish. <laughs> <laughs> that you the 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 More intellectual hockey. the intellectual gymnastics it takes for certain VCs mm -hmm. I'm not going to mention any here mm -mm. to pretend that these are not securities while buying them and flipping those bags to the public is crazy. You can't be at the same time having invested in these marketplaces that are clearing the securities and investing in the people making up these tokens and nfts and everything and you're making money hand over fist buying and selling and flipping these things and it's like insider trading you know you can trade on private companies as we talked about here with inside information because it's limited to the number of people who can participate in that world but with tokens if they are securities and you have inside information giving you the ability to flip them man this is yeah. uh this could get very ugly and I wonder what the LPs in these crypto funds are thinking right about now. They must be going to these crypto like, funds, that's right? That's what I think, right? At the point at which and you saying, have uh, bought these tokens, you're, the whole goal of having the tokens is that the tokens would go up. It's, it's so shady. And like, listen, when things are going up and to the right, everybody loves to suspend disbelief. And then when it comes crashing down and there's actual victims, that's when these agencies take action. Now, you can criticize mm -hmm. that. But the way we work in America is innocent until proven guilty. Here's the rules. Yeah. Execute as you see fit. If you're going to do something shady, we don't advise it. Get legal counsel. That's how America works. I don't. Right. You know, we, we don't have. And when you take it too far and you cause harm, then the cops come, basically. Basically. Which honestly, yes. so far is a system that everybody seems to prefer. It I means prefer you it. can get hurt. But it you, also you, means that like a lot of innovation can be born. Yes. And you yes. can take a little bit of chance. Listen, if Air, I, I bring this example all the time. If Airbnb wants to say, hey, we think in this city, in this town, in this state, in this country, and they're operating in many different jurisdictions, we believe the interpretation of the law for how many days you can rent is X. 
Now, some people could say we think it's Y. The hotel chains can hire lobbyists to say it's Z. And then ultimately, there is a negotiation that happens. Mm -hmm. In this case, I don't think there's going to be any negotiation that happens here. I think the law is the law. Gary Gensler's yeah. like, here's the law. You broke it. We're done. Yeah. Right. We're done, And folks. what he keeps saying, you know, take counter the argument that there's very little guidance. What he keeps saying is like, actually, the rules on what makes something a security are very clear. Those very rules clear. are crystal clear. And so if you decided that doesn't apply to me because I don't want it to, that's on you. Precisely. Yeah, you it's going to be interesting times. I th I think that this, we will look back at the get Kim K day and be like, this was yeah. when it started. This is when the avalanche came down. This is like a series of earthquakes. <laughs> like, at what point are people going to change their behavior? I think that's what Gary Gensler is trying to figure out. And I think a lot of these enforcement agencies are like, when are you going to listen? Like, what do we have to do here? Like, do we mm -hmm. have to have a perp walk and arrest people? And, you know, listen, Kim Kardashian is not admitting any fault here. So that's important. She's just settling. She's cooperating, which is the right thing to do. I actually think yeah. if they had said to Kim Kardashian, or maybe any of these celebrities, hey, you have to put ad. And since you're promoting a stock, you need to put I was paid $250,000 to promote this and I got $250,000 in tokens. Mm -hmm. Now, you as a consumer, if you saw that, would you still have bought the tokens? Right, exactly. Like, no chance. No chance. So that's no why chance. this law exists. Yep. You know, if yeah. if you see George Clooney drinking an espresso, like he, he does these espresso ads, pull this, pull mm -hmm. up George Clooney or Brad Pitt for doing whiskey ads in mm -hmm. Japan, please. You, you never see George Clooney doing espresso, but you'll see George Clooney here in Japan. Yep. And he is selling the hell out of this Nespresso. Now, he didn't yep. do it here. But in Japan, he's having major conversations about espresso. Maybe this is in France, he's doing it. Does anybody think that George Clooney likes Nespresso? <laughs> no. Sorry. I didn't mean Man. Frack no. George Clooney has six people <sighs> working his espresso machine at his estate at Lake Cuomo. He's pulling perfect shots with the freshly and best espresso beans in the world, he would never touch an espresso. Mm -hmm. If you, if there was an espresso in his house, he'd throw it right in the garbage. You buy him that as a gift, <laughs> it goes right in the garbage. He gives it to his gardener. That's it. It's insulting. But so when you see him doing these ads, do you think he's really drinking that coffee? No, but it's not a financial product. You're not no, gonna lose your shirt buying an espresso some, machine. Is the reason that they do them in Japan, is it, it's not regulation, right? It's just brand protection. It's just brand protection. It's brand yeah, yeah, okay, hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah, but anyway, it, these people knew it was what all they were just doing. an excuse. And too. I, I will say this: shame on Kim Kardashian, oh shame on Steven Seagal. Not that there's any amount of shame you can put on that person that would make any difference for this case. <laughs> but these people are grifters, top to bottom. They well, everybody are, can, who this is where the money they're was, right? selling. So this is, out their own fans they know it's a garbage they, they know are. it's garbage and they sold gar but hey, listen, celebrity Kim literally is exists because fans get sold out all the time like that's like come on i know but I, you, you know you look it. at that uh lip gloss or you know skims these seem like great products yeah. so stay in your lane and don't take the stupid money fire festival nonsense 
Nick asks a really good question, which is like, who don't they have people to say no to this? Like, who brought the steel to Kim? And what's amazing is for all of the people who are like, this fine is just a drop in the bucket. Okay, the fine is $1.2 million. She got paid $250,000 for this. It's a million dollar fine, yeah. Nothing for her. It's nothing. But I'm just saying, if you think it's nothing, check yourself because this is how rich people get rich and stay rich is that they value every dollar and $250,000 worth worth it. Yeah, to hey, listen, man, fans and promote I, this BS. You don't think that I've gone, maybe not Kim Kardashian level offers, of course not, but a lot of times people are like, Hey, can you promote yeah. this? We'll give you X. We'll give you Y. And I'm like, you know what? You can buy ads on the pod. If the ads work for you. And if there's right. any claims in the ads, we give a disclaimer, yada, yada. And this doesn't mean I don't believe in technology cryptocurrency coming every other Wednesday. We have Sunny and Vinny on. We do mm-hmm. a great job talking about the reality and the good stuff in crypto. But selling these coins, bad on Kim, yeah. bad on yeah. Floyd, they all knew what they were doing. Now, are they going to go for, this is my big question, Matt Damon for crypto.com. He, I know. Fortune no, favors the Matt bold. Matt Damon is pooping right now. How much did he get? What do you think yeah. he, what was the, if, the, if, for a Super Bowl ad, for Matt Damon, or an Man. actual movie star? He's A-list movie star. At Jason least he was Boyle. just talking about Crypto.com, right? Not a specific token. It was just a platform. So I think he's going to be protected. It was just a platform. I think he's right. going to be okay. I think it's probably smart. He got good advice. But, but he called his lawyer today. Yes, he did. To be like. I think he's fine. I think he's fine. fine. I think he's I fine. I think the platform's okay. Because he wasn't selling a financial instrument. He was just saying, hey, listen, you, but you never know. I mean, I'm just way, honestly, I'm way less interested in what future celebrity goes down and way more interested in what potential in what VC goes down. If anyone. I think it'll, I think what they're going to try to do, just practically speaking, clean this up. I think it's just going to be a series of settlements. Hey, we're looking at the specific case. Yeah. You know, like, let's say some VC invested in um, Do Quad and this whole Luna thing, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know if he raised VC money or not. I'm just making this up. But it's a high profile one. And some VC put money in it. You know, it's completely possible the SEC if will go and say like, hey, this thing went to zero. Did you lose all your money? Were you on the board of this? Did you make any money? Oh, you sold your tokens? Oh, you cleared your position? Oh, you cleared five extra position? Okay. All right. Um, can we have all the board docs and then uh, every communication you have uh, about this company? Mm-hmm. Thank you. Okay. And here we go. Now you're in an investigation, you're being deposed. And did you do anything wrong? And here's your settlement. Okay, you made $10 million. Okay, Kim Kardashian paid forex. So okay. Uh, you got you us 40 million. And so mm-hmm. this could be a speeding ticket that could get even bigger. Yeah. I don't know who pays that speed ticket. Does the venture firm pay? Do the LPs have to give the money back? Does it follow through to the LPs? Because it was That's what I really gains? wonder. That's what I really wonder. Because that'll that'll put a stop to the whole thing. What a mess. Once LPs, should the LPs get involved? Yeah, it could get real messy. We will, by the way, have another crypto roundtable coming next Not week. Not this week. Next yep, week. Next week. Every other we'll, week. Although it does seem like we we'll need to do it every week. I know. I'm starting to wonder. I'm like, oh, you might need this every week. It just can't be all perp walks and all criminal actions. We, we need to keep it two thirds, you know, like what's interesting yeah. and then one third criminal actions. <laughs> I know. Molly, anything else in the news that we need to talk about? Pretty big, pretty big week in Mm. all of the ways that we talked about at the beginning of the show, not least of which is that there is a new Supreme Court session beginning. God's help us. 
Who knows what's going to come out of that? But we do know, and this is major, that the Supreme Court is going to hear two cases regarding Section 230, the most misunderstood law that has ever existed in the United States of America. Section 230 is part of the Communications Decency Act of 1996. It is the briefest possible sentence to have created so much issues, uh, so many issues, but it basically says that internet providers and internet companies are not liable for content that is posted by users. Section 230 is the tiny little statute that is the reason that, for example, Google could exist back in the day because Google could not be sued out of existence or Weblogs Inc. could not be sued out of existence because some user came along and posted something in the comments that was problematic. It obviously since then has become a massive flashpoint for all kinds of people. On the one hand, you have conservatives claiming that Section 230 enables inappropriate censorship of content, which to be clear, it doesn't. It does. Section 230 does not exempt platforms from having to take down illegal content, right? So like a lot of times people want to say, this means they can put anything up there, even the the prescription drug stuff that's illegal. Like The 230. You have to take down illegal stuff. Yeah, yeah. So you you still have to take down illegal stuff. But like a, you know, like Verizon is not, if you were to use Verizon to plan a bank heist, Verizon is not responsible for the bank heist. Right. If you were to use Amazon Web Services to put up, to dock somebody or to put up stolen material or whatever it is, you know, like the website is not responsible for it. Now, when it comes to YouTube or Facebook or Instagram, the question is, are they responsible? And it's pretty reasonable that they shouldn't be responsible if somebody puts up something. They should be responsible if they don't take it down, of course. Mm -hmm. What happened with 230, though, is they politicized it. I think Trump really was... Using this as a saber rattling tool. Hey, I'll take away your section 230 protection, protection. Mm -hmm. which is completely logical. We all, none of us want to have. Ironically, the way that conservatives have used it is to say we're going to take, because one of the things 230 does is protect companies if they do take something down Mm -hmm. in some ways, right? It says you will not be punished if you take something down, but you will not be held liable for yes. things that your users post. what When they said, we'll take away your 230 protection, it was because they were saying, we don't want you to have any power whatsoever. Like that Texas law is like, you have to leave it up no matter what. Which is why... It's just, a, it's been as so an independent As an independent slash moderate, when I look at both sides and their approach to free speech, both sides are just complete BS. One side is claiming they're free speech. One side used to be free speech. You know, they all are just using it to get votes and to rile people up. Anybody from first principles would say the paper and pen company is not responsible for what you write on the piece of paper. You're responsible for what you put on the piece of paper. So under no conception should a hosting provider or a publishing platform be responsible for how people use that tool. That's just insane. Nor could they be because there's so much, you you, you have billions of people online. How on earth would the internet exist if every time I published a blog post, Medium had to vet it, or they were responsible for what I said. Now, conversely, That's literally, no, that is literally what we are now saying to Facebook and YouTube, though, you d- they do have to have moderation. And they've always had to have moderation, you have to take down illegal content, you okay. have to, you have but to, are take they down responsible for are they responsible for it being put up in the first place? The answer should be no, you would agree. Yeah, 
Absolutely. Right. I'm, so, I'm pro 230 all the way. Does it, okay. you know, we do we need some guardrails or, or something like maybe, but I, I think people deliberately distort everything around 230. I will fight the, the both sides fight with you to the death, but not today. However, it has doesn't mean one side couldn't scrutiny. be more cynical than the other. I, I'm free, freely admit that. I mean, the side arguing for more violent inducing disinformation and, you know, anti-vax stuff is no, that's a that's a no for me. For Separately, for you, for me, yeah. just for me, for me. I'm fine with a comedian interviewing any scientist he wants about that's not a 230 argument. That is a totally different argument. Okay, I'm fine with somebody putting up a clip where they think <laughs> is amazing. Oh, God, I just got us uh, this, this uh, video why? is gonna be taken. Why did you? Now we're gonna be struck. No, but I so, mean, for me, I'm just like, I'm not taking my information from the internet. That's just me. That's and you right. and I can but differ. This in that is regard. what's so interesting about the 230 case is if, if Section 230 protection goes away, no way does that thing come up. It will never get posted. There will be way more censorship. This was one of the big arguments, yeah. actually, when the DMCA, we're old enough to remember a time when the Digital Millennium Copyright Act was introduced that caused a lot of preemptive censorship. Right. Like how much how how often does it happen that one of our videos gets taken down over a copyright strike? They actually censor first. Now. Yeah, yeah. They take it, it down and then you have to what's the procedure? And then you have now? to appeal you it. Have, you appeal they it. Have this a, is fair they have use, a copyright then you strike win. appeal. Right. And then you win. So imagine that strategy being applied to oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. the vast majority of speech online. Yeah. It, this because, is never gonna happen. Right. Well, I don't know. I mean, it's right. It's well, it would like, break the entire internet. Because consumers would, would be like, wait, I can't internet. use YouTube. I can't use Twitter. I can't use Facebook. It's like, no, it would literally break the internet. Nobody wants That's to see why the this is break. such a huge deal. So this is this all is... just silly. Now, the case that they're doing is not silly. The case is quite serious. And I think this does bring up a rub, which is yeah. if you want Section 230, you don't get to do editorial selection of the content and promote it. Once mm -hmm. you do that, you break your 230. This is why YouTube has been very careful to never editorially pick the winners. Uh, and when they did like their grant program or some things, they had to like really contain it in like this little side unit that they weren't doing uh, an editorial process and then presenting it. Because once you do an editorial right. process, like a newspaper, a magazine, a TV channel, you are responsible. So CNN and the New York Times are responsible. They're not a common carrier. They're not 230 because they do choose everything that goes on air, right? They have humans mm -hmm. picking everything that's on air. Mm -hmm. Now, where does an algorithm sit? Where exactly. does the algorithm sit between a human picking? A human picking means you're responsible, right? You made an editorial decision to put this on the front page of the New York Times, or, you know, YouTube just saying, here's videos we think you like. Mm -hmm. Let's say they don't do that. They just put up videos and you have to search for them. And then the algorithm comes along. Well, the algorithm's making better choices than humans or more targeted choices, they're more effective than humans at finding what you like. Mm -hmm. So where does that fall on section 230? I exactly. think is going to become the overriding question. And I think that is that's a huge part of this first case in which there was a college student who was one of the 130 people that was killed in those horrible remember those ISIS terrorist attacks in Paris, horrible. where they uh, I mean, just almost too terrible to talk about. But so they are arguing that on the one hand, YouTube knowingly, quote, knowingly permitted ISIS to post on YouTube hundreds of radicalizing videos inciting violence. And then they want to pursue claims that YouTube violated a federal law called the Anti-Terrorism Act, which lets people then sue uh, if people did help aid and abet terrorist acts. And then there's this question 
that because it recommend and the, the argument, and this is where they get to 230, is that because YouTube recommends videos, it is now a publisher. Hmm. And that is a huge yeah. question. And when you consider conservative sentiment around these platforms right now and the the makeup of the court, I I feel like I don't know what's gonna happen here. Like this is gonna be kind of bonkers, potentially. Here's the thing. Nobody is giving up YouTube. <laughs> it's just too core to people's lives. So the question I, is I don't think they're gonna shut it down. I think the question is what say, are they gonna say to these platforms? Yeah. They're, they're, here's what they could say. And other countries could do this, which is they could say, turn the algorithm off. Mm -hmm. Or the algorithm is off. Because remember, defaults matter. The algorithm is off by default. Mm -hmm. If you want to turn the algorithm on, you have to pay for YouTube premium. Mm -hmm. And you and you have to click the button to turn it on. In other words, if we're going to break our 230 because of this, we're going to have a paid product where the algorithm works on your Chrome browser, it works on your desktop, and you're doing it right. So yeah. I can take whatever contents on my phone. And I can put it into this app that I'm using that turns text into speech. That's my right to do I can edit a web page on my desktop, I can do whatever I want with it on my desktop, I can't republish it. So you could say if consumers choose to take the action of doing the algorithm, that's up to them. Therefore, and, and that is a possible path forward, Molly, is that you could say, hey, consumers, if you want to do this, you can turn it on. You can do it. We sell an algorithm over here. You can buy the Google algorithm well, I was gonna for say, YouTube. Or better yet, exactly. Albert Wenger from Union Square Ventures argued in his book and talked about it on the show, the idea yeah. that I should get to program my own YouTube. Sure. There, YouTube should make an API mm -hmm. so that I or somebody else can create an agent to act on my behalf to go and find the the yoga videos that are all I ever want. So stop giving me all these weird YouTube bros. Well, and y you and I, I have this discussion right now. I might be okay. Like for me, I have a different view uh, than you in, in this case. I think when idiots post stupid stuff where they're pretending that they understand the vaccine and they understand this, I'm like, okay, that person's, an, a, that person's a random person on the internet. I don't care. Now you think, well, the goodness of society, I think I don't put words no, in your mouth. I just think all I want when I go to YouTube is mm -hmm. yoga videos. So okay, why fine. is YouTube always recommending those other videos to me? That is so the question you might I am just, asking you yeah. an algorithm question, not a content question. So Perfect. do not confuse those two things because I'm yeah. not saying so that you're okay with like kooky people saying is going to yeah, cure what I'm saying is, okay, why are those videos always showing up at the top of everybody's algorithm? And it's because people Got watch it. the crap out of them. Mm hmm. And you get engagement views over them. But don't okay, confuse perfect. me with somebody who's trying to make all that content go away. I'm asking you if you I'm, I'm asking the question. Hashtag so, cowgirl. Okay, cowgirl. That's fine. <laughs> I'm just asking. I, I think the audience is a little confused by your position as well. I just want to make sure I understand it here. There can be a little tension here. So you want an algorithm where you just say more cats, yoga, whatever you're into. And uh, you want a slider for ISIS and uh, vaccine misinformation. Yeah, yeah, I want a lot fine. more ISIS. <laughs> but a lot less. No, it's so come dark. On. I actually think that ISIS recruitment videos, not beheading videos or anything horrible like that. I, I'm such a, I'm, I, I don't know if I'm a, I would call myself a free speech absolutist, but if there was an ISIS recruitment video, I would want to understand in an, you know, educational way how they're trying to recruit people. Now, that doesn't mean I want the algorithm putting it at the top of people's pages after they watch like an anti Semitical comedian from France, and then they jump from that, 
you know, to ISIS. But in the proper context, like, here's a university professor talking about how ISIS, you know, recruits people and here's their techniques like that to me is fascinating. I would like to watch that. Right. So and what understand. I'm so context matters is if two and if 230 goes away, that video of the professor talking about it will never go up. It'll never get posted. Yeah. Uh, you know? Correct. Yeah. So yeah. anyway, I, I think this is a situation where under no circumstance is the Supreme Court going to turn this over. They, I don't think they want to get rid of 230 because it'd just be bad law. But I do think YouTube and the rest of the industry is going to have to get in front of the algorithm issues big time, big time. And if they don't regulate, I've talked about this before, the MPAA, yeah. say what you want about censorship, etc. And the MPAs, MPAA is too heavy handed, they have too much influence. There's been a lot of criticism of the Motion Picture Association, whatever, where they put those ratings on things. What it did do was it kept Hollywood out of like, you know, the regulatory spotlight, uh, because they police themselves. Hey, dummies, with algorithms. Publish your algorithm, tell us how it works. Give us some freaking sliders. Yep. So yeah. dumb. Why are people so me, dumb? Or let me program it myself. Exactly. Because they and yeah, if you want a really, really, really great explainer about mm -hmm. Section 230, the book yes. is called The 26 Words That Created the Internet oh, by yeah. a guy named Jess Co Jeff Kossoff, who is a fantastic hmm. speaker on this topic and who relentlessly and diligently debunks free you know weird free speech related arguments and things about and information about 230 on the internet follow him on twitter uh twitter.com slash j kossef k-o-s-s-e-f-f he is amazing and has some cute cats so there you go but that book is fantastic on this topic and here he is four hours ago my initial reaction to the gonzalez cert grant is that at least a few justices, not just Thomas, want to narrow 230 scope, despite the claims in the court petition, there was not a circuit split on this issue. So the grant was fairly surprising. That said, I have no idea how or if a five justice majority would agree as to how courts should interpret 230. There are too many dynamics in play. I question against accepting any confident predictions. I think mm -hmm. he's referring to this case. The Gonzalez case is the ISIS case. Anyway, there it are is two ISIS separate. The cases. Supreme Court's going to hear two separate cases on the Section 230 topic. And the Gonzalez case is the ISIS related case. This is part of the messy process of uh, a society figuring out what we want as technology changes so rapidly. Right. And what people who are running startups and investing in them, the audience of this program need to understand is take ownership of your ish. Yes, if you're Pinterest, and All people start back. posting self harm, and you become aware of it, you need to get on top of that. And, you know, if you're YouTube, and people are putting ISIS stuff in there, man, you got to get ahead of that. How mm -hmm. far ahead of it can you get? I actually have to give a shout out to Twitter. In this case, they have something called Birdwatch now, uh, which I'm now part of. And uh, mm -hmm. I had, I, I think I broke the news of it here because somebody had uh, leaked it to me. I actually did on this podcast. Yeah, and yeah. what Birdwatch does is do you have Birdwatch? Do you see Birdwatch notes? I yet? haven't gotten it, but it's the one that okay. lets you flag stuff, right? Or put a comment. You can put you a put contextualizing a comment. comment. Yes. Yeah. And so you pick an anonymous, I picked an anonymous name. It gives you like three words. So like, you know, gorilla, you know, blue tortoise or whatever. So it gives you like three random words. That's how you identify yourself and your updates over time. And like somebody had said, 
oh, this person from the, you know, said war, nuclear war with Putin is inevitable, whatever. And one of the birdwatch people in real time, like an hour after it happened, said, um, this person's not in the administration. They haven't been the Secretary of State for this many years or whatever mm -hmm. it was. Mm -hmm. And but when you read it, th the way the person had tweeted it, they were like, you know, Secretary, you know, uh, General whoever said this, and it's like, right, or and this person is not actually in office right now. They were so you should take this differently than it's somebody who's in our administration. They're not in the administration. They were in it's the really Obama administration. It's sort of like, it's we've ha we have an accidental story arc in this conversation, right? We there's do. this question of responsibility. There's this question yes. of what should you take money for, and mm -hmm. that's kind of like where the algorithm comes in. The the simplest, for example, the simplest sentence to explain my position on this topic is that freedom of speech is not the same thing as freedom of reach, which you start to hear some people say, right? Just because you post it doesn't mean that YouTube or Facebook or Instagram should promote it to me. Yes. And, and amplify the harm that it could cause. You can post harmful content all day long. And if only six people see it in the basement, it doesn't do harm. But if YouTube's algorithm or Facebook's algorithm or Instagram's algorithm, and to be clear, whistleblower Francis Haugen showed us that Facebook's response to this content was, well, it amplifies engagement. Yes. And so we will promote it, even though we know it's causing harm. That's freedom of reach. Yeah, we have to think and about that. And that's the part. And that's the so when people talk about narrowing the scope of 230 or how to deal with algorithms, it's two different questions. Like there's the question of whether you should post it at all. Post it. If nobody sees it, it doesn't matter. Then there's the question of what should happen after it's posted and whether these sites should use it to monetize no matter what the harm. Like you're saying, Jay Cal, I'm not question. gonna promote the token for two hundred fifty thousand dollars. No. But you could buy an ad and everybody will know it's an ad and then they can make their own call. I mean, I'll take seven fifty, maybe, but and I'm not done yeah, for two fifty. We all got it. We I'm all joking. got it. We, <laughs> well, we all price got it. a number. No, I'm not. We got a number. <laughs> Here's the thing, Molly. Let me let me just say this one more time. Here's the thing. Let me ask you a, a provocative question. If we had controls over the algorithm, hundred percent user controlled, mm -hmm. and maybe even default off. Let's make it even like the most aggressive case. Algorithms mm -hmm. are default off. You have to turn them on. You have to read the disclaimer, and then you get to set them however you like. Mm -hmm. This would assuage much of your uh, concern, correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah, me 100%. too. Okay, now, what if one of the choices was any user could promote their own version of the algorithm, you could have Molly's version, Jason's version, whatever, Nick's version, producer Nick's version. And you know, I could borrow yours, just like the block lists where I could borrow your block list on Twitter, we we're talking about last week. Yep, that would be cool too, right? Yes. Okay, where are you going yeah. with this? Uh -huh. Exactly. Exactly. Because okay. pretty soon now, they're going to make the most provocative one and get paid the most for it. The problem correct. is incentives, 100%. So now let's say I am, I don't know, bad actor. Yeah. Uh, or let's say I'm like, I don't know, uh, grifter. I'm Alex Jones. Perfect mm -hmm. example. And I say, I'm going to publish the Alex Jones conspiracy theory scumbag algorithm. Yeah. And you can plug it in and your internet experience is through the lens of that disgusting, grifting piece of garbage. Mm -hmm. Are you okay with that disgusting human making an algorithm that young people can then click into? I mean, then I have to be okay with that. Yes. Yes. Okay. You know, like it's going to exist. I think that's intellectually honest. And people yeah. are going to choose it. And 
I cannot say I'm in favor of speech and say I'm against that. No, 100%. But should YouTube be able to block it? Okay, YouTube, well, does YouTube have to host it or not? Of Section 230, if it is illegal, mm -hmm. okay. they have to take it down. Okay. So oh, but I mean, the illegal, the, then it could be a partner program, like the the ability to promote your algorithm could be part of a partner program like apps. So if mm -hmm. they were treated like apps, you would have to get approval from the app store. So I think they should be a, the algorithm. Sh you should anybody should be able to make one, but you have to go through right. the approval process. And then and the app you store put it your approval, approval yeah. process, like, let's do some combination of like women hating, mm -hmm. you know, uh, incel ISIS extremism. And then I want to publish that as like, I don't know, empowering young men. Right. Mm, no. Right. Then it would probably hard, get hard no for self harm me. algorithm. And the oh, thing yeah. is, like, wow, that's and a the really thing interesting is, like, one. Right. Like, because then moderation will still exist in many of the same ways it does now. And then the question is of incentives. Like, the thing that people don't understand about disinformation is that the incentive at the end of the day for to do it is money. It makes everybody money. It's like Kim Kardashian with crypto. She doesn't care about crypto. She cares about 250. Exactly. That's why YouTube is promoting me stuff that I do mm. not want to see when I'm just trying to do freaking yoga. And that's why Kim Kardashian is promoting this crypto that she doesn't give a crap about. And that's why Alex Jones is saying all the stuff that he's saying. And everybody's getting more and more he's extreme. He's just a huge grifter. Paid he was selling for it. Wasn't he, did they say he made like $10 million one day selling his prepper meals or whatever? 800,000, but yeah, in a oh, day. 800,000 a day. Oh, 10 million a month maybe was the number. And I was like, yeah. What? How, yep. How is that? Oh, right. Yeah. He's getting like huge That's audience by spewing this grossness. And see, I love that we're having this conversation because that's why the free, that's why free speech as a blanket mm. conversation, yeah, not, as, a, as a blanket idea is totally misleading. Stop the grift. This is not about that. It's about stopping the grift. Yeah, just stop the grift. That's, that's what this is about. Boom. This is why I think not deplatforming, but demonetizing is YouTube's best weapon. Yes. And I think if you add, if you take away deplatforming and you just get rid of your ability to trend. Just depromote. And yeah, so depromote and demonetize. Those mm -hmm. two things would be great, um, I think, for dealing with this. And then if people don't like it, if you're Alex Jones and you don't like it, okay, go to Rumble or go whoever else wants to host your, you know, particular yeah. form of content and horribleness. All right, everybody, this has been an amazing episode. I, I think we accomplished some things. I hope we're great story the world arc. a little better. It was great story arc today. I think I feel positive about the world. I think I feel positive about the world. I think we're going to solve so many problems that all this like hand wringing and stuff we're trying to get through is going to be in the arc of history considered de minimis, not important or tiny in comparison to the gains we make in AI, robotics, abundance, energy, sustainability, all that great stuff is going to be so great that we will look in the arc of history and say like, yeah, we didn't have to worry about that other stuff so much. It's great that we did, but just so many good things. I think good things can just outshine the bad stuff so incredibly. This is know, an excellent argument for taking a week off Twitter. Let's do it. Let's do it. One week Let's without Twitter. It. Oh my God, that would be like a really... <laughs> a week without Twitter. And then just to see what we end up putting on the show. Oh God. Be so <sighs> fascinating. I, I think I might go through withdrawal syndromes if I gave up Twitter for a week. Dude, I literally, platform. I was sitting there yesterday, I was like, I'm going to spend three uninterrupted hours on this one project, I'm on it, I'm doing it. And literally, like, 42 minutes in, I felt myself just like my hand just creeping over toward the phone. I was like, let me, I just need to see what's happening. I just, it was like a physical 
urge. It is a physical urge. We could urge, ease yes. off Twitter. We could just we could just lower the number of I hours. Am increasingly leaving my phone in a draw, going have dinner with my kids or mm -hmm. watch the She Hulk thing, whatever we're doing, play tennis. Just I sometimes I put it into airplane mode and put it in the draw, or I put it in uh, my jacket pocket, zip the jacket pocket shut, and just. Just try to create a little bit of space between me and the phone. All right, everybody, yeah, it's been a great drunk. episode. We'll see you tomorrow, Tuesday. Bye-bye.